You are listening to the Sermon Podcast for Triumph Lutheran Brethren Church. Our vision is to see the life and message of Jesus transform hearts, homes, and cities. Wherever you are, our prayer is that God would meet you and that the life and message of Jesus would transform your life. To find more resources, go to triumphlbc.org. Straight Paths. That's the, the title that I'm using this morning for this message. And, and isn't there something about that that sounds right and good? Straight paths. And I know if you're someone who's in a beautiful day on a motorcycle or in a convertible with the top down in the mountains, maybe, maybe you want a path that's got a little more character to it. But boy, there's something about straight paths that seems attractive, isn't it? I, I remember the first time I, I talked with a friend of mine who had purchased a, a GPS. The old, it was called a TomTom. And, and he was raving. <clears throat> All you got to do, he said, is just put in the address and then it tells you where to turn and it, it tells you which lane to be in. And I thought, that's cheating. Because you see, we had, my wife and I had in our car, Rand McNally's Road Atlas. Right? And whenever we were going somewhere, if we didn't know the route really well, my wife Cindy would sit in the shotgun seat and navigate while I was driving. A couple of times we tried me navigating while she drove, and we realized pretty quickly that didn't work. So she was the navigator, and I drove. And if we were going somewhere we'd never been before, and if the maps were close but not perfect, or if we couldn't tell exactly what the map was saying, we had this recurring joke about circling in on it. We'll miss a turn or two, but we'll circle in on it, right? Every year or two, we'd buy a new Rand McNally Road Atlas, put it in our main vehicle, and then retire the old one to the secondary vehicle and on down the line. And then I got a phone with a map app on it and an internal GPS. And, and I don't own a Rand McNally Road Atlas anymore. <laughs> Because whether or not it's cheating, I suppose, is beside the point. But what I realized is how wonderful it is to have directions on a straight path. I don't have to circle in on it. That, that circling in thing, it, that was fun. Kind of. But there is something about a straight path. And I suppose that's what first drew me to this passage that is our text for this morning. Even if you like a path with more character, for most of us, when we're talking about the path of life, we'd prefer a straight path. This, this summer, we're in a, in a series called Dwell, and, and we're focusing on scripture verses that are common, a part of, of memory 
for people who want to memorize scripture. And if you've got a dwell packet, if you looked ahead and there's more available out there, if you didn't, yeah, maybe you already know or have already worked on memorizing, if you didn't already know it, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. That's our verses for this morning. Maybe you're familiar with it. It simply says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. I want to spend a little time this morning and I, and I want to, I'm going to dissect this passage just a little bit. So I want to start with with verse five of chapter three, the first verse of these two verses that simply says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. What do we make of this, this invitation to trust in the Lord with all your heart? Well, can we start simply by agreeing this sounds a lot easier than it is, right? Maybe you've had somebody tell you, just trust in the Lord with all your heart. And you think, yeah, that sounds easy, but man, if it isn't difficult sometimes. And, and I want to focus for a few minutes on this word heart, not that trust isn't important, I don't want to bypass that, but, but who we trust and what we trust and how we trust is really important. How do, we, how do we trust the Lord with all our heart? How do we trust the Lord with this muscle that pumps blood through our body? Well, that's ridiculous, of course. We know that's not what it means, right? We understand this word heart to be more refer to the core of our emotion, the core of our intellect, the, the core of our being. Trust in the Lord with all your heart means that we trust the Lord with what's at the core of our being. I'm reminded of a story I heard years and years and years ago of a missionary who was going to an unreached people group and as far as, as anybody knew, no one had proclaimed the gospel to them. They, didn't, they hadn't heard it. They didn't know it. And he went to live among them and learn their language and bring the good news of Jesus Christ to them. And as he started to learn the language, they didn't have any word for heart. Right? They didn't know, they didn't know there was a muscle Inter they didn't know internal medicine, right? <clears throat> so they didn't know there was such a thing as the heart, but, but they didn't even have a word that he knew of for that. And it was frustrating for him because he'd grown up like I had, grown up with, like I have, grown up with this idea that one, one of the ways we invite people to respond to the gospel is we tell them, we ask them, would you invite Jesus into your heart? And he thought, how do I do that? They don't have a word for that. But as he got to know the language better and as he got to know the culture better, he realized that any time they were talking about a person's kind of inner self, talking about the core of their being, they would talk about their throat. 
And so as he got to the point where he was introducing them to who Jesus was and he wanted to invite them to respond, he said, he, he, he invited them to ask Jesus into their throat and they got it because they understood what that meant. That meant that I, that I bring Christ into the very core of who I am. And that's what heart indicates here. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. It calls us to trust the Lord with the very core of our being. That's not what we most often hear in our culture, is it? Our, our culture tells us that we should trust our heart. Right? Our culture tells us that, that, we, should, that we should be true to our inner self, that we should just be who we are. I, I hear it more and more often where somebody will say, you be you. Right? And what they mean is just be true to, to whatever it is that's in the middle of who you just be true to your heart. I, I've even heard people kind of Christianize that statement by saying, you need to trust the God that's in your heart. Right? And, and I understand that when we're trusting in the Lord, the Holy Spirit comes in and dwells us. So I don't want to minimize that. But when we tell somebody, trust the God that's in our heart, they, they likely hear that they should just trust whatever God their heart can conjure up. It's another version of, you know, just trust what's, what's in you. That's not what this verse says. This verse says we should trust our heart to God. Scripture tells us that our heart is fickle. It says our heart is deceitful above all else. <clears throat> this tells us that we should take who we are and what we're all about at the core of our being and trust that to the Lord. We should trust God with that. Not trust our heart as if it's God, but to trust God with all our heart. And, and then he couples that with that invitation. He, he couples that with this kind of warning, this warning that says don't depend or don't lean on your own understanding. He says don't, you, you need to trust the Lord with all your heart even when you don't have a clue what that might look like or even when you don't know what God is up to, even when you can't understand why things are the way they are, trust in the Lord and don't trust in just what you can figure out. God is far above what our human mind can understand. God is far above what we can figure out and sometimes God invites us to trust him in ways that we look at and we go, what in the world is God up to here? Some of you are more well-versed in that than I am. You've lived with this, this long enough to know that sometimes it's pretty hard to figure out what God is up to. If I was gonna, I, I'm not a student of Hebrew, but if I was gonna summarize the teaching of verse five, 
My summary might look like this. Trust in the Lord from the very core of your being and trust him with all that you are. And don't build your life only on what your own human mind can figure out. And then we want to take a look at verse 6. He follows that up by saying, in all your ways, submit to him. I'm going to stop there for a minute because I don't know about you, but the, the, the version I first heard, the one I first became familiar with, it said, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Some of you, is that the verse you first came And I thought to myself as I was looking at this, those are two different kinds of words, submit and acknowledge. Submit is this word like, come on, do it to tell you, get it right. And acknowledge is this word that, well, sometimes for me that word acknowledge brings up the images of watching a 4th of July parade. And, you know, the, the, somebody you know is on a float and they go, hey, look who's on that float. Acknowledge them as they go by, right? Or maybe more personal for me, have, have you ever done this? You've been in the grocery store and you want, you're in a hurry. It's like, I, I, gotta, I gotta get going, right? And you go by and you see your neighbor at the end of the aisle. And you think, I don't have time for this conversation right now. I, this, it's, that's going to take too long. And so you wave, hey, you acknowledge them. And then you go into the next aisle to go down. Because it's like, I don't have time for that. Right? You acknowledge them. Well, is it, is it submit or is it acknowledge? I had to go back and do some study on this. I looked, found some resources. The Hebrew word that's translated submit sometimes and acknowledge sometimes, it's a Hebrew word, yada. And, and what it often means, it's often translated to know or to understand. Okay, so acknowledge, that makes sense, right? Know or understand. It's also sometimes, because of what this Hebrew word means, in some contexts, it's better translated experience. So it's got a, it's got a live into it kind of, kind of meaning about it. It's got like this, this is an engaged, involved, it's more, it's not just wave at the float as it goes by on the parade. In fact, this is the word that's used in Genesis chapter 4. The word yada is the word used in Genesis chapter 4 where it says, Adam knew Eve and she conceived and bore a son. In all your ways, yada, acknowledge, submit, give yourself over to. Give yourself up to in all your ways, acknowledge him, submit to him, give yourself over to him. 
right? So if I'm going to summarize again, allow me to, 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 to put this into my own words. If I'm going to summarize what this is teaching, it, it might come up like this. In everything you do, seek to know God deeply and give yourself over to him. And he'll make your paths straight. <laughs> We're back to straight paths again. What, is, what does that mean? We need to talk about those straight paths because at first glance, if you just take a look at this verse, at, at first glance, it, it seems like it might be promising an easy road. He'll, he'll make our paths straight. So if we do the right things and trust the right things, if we, just, if we just turn where our GPS says to turn, then he'll make our paths trouble-free. It's going to be easy, smooth. What kind of a straight path? What does it mean that he will make our paths straight? Last summer, last summer, my family and I went with a bunch of extended family on vacation. It was one of the first times we'd ever done that. There were 16 of us, and we were in an area that we didn't really know very well, and we were traveling in three vehicles. So we had three drivers. I was driving one vehicle. My niece was driving another vehicle, and my nephew was driving a van. So every time we were going to go to some place, the three of us would get together and we'd plug into our GPSs, we'd plug in our destination, and then we'd look on the phone on the map. Are we sure we've all got the same destination? Yep, we're all going to end up in the same parking lot. Okay, good. And then we'd take off. And we'd all get to the parking lot at approximately the same time. But we realized that sometimes we'd get there at the same time, but we'd get there by three different routes. So we started talking about it. My niece, my niece had her GPS set to the shortest route. So her GPS would calculate what is the shortest path in terms of miles or maybe even in terms of feet. It, it would get that precise to get me, to get her where she wanted to go. And if there was a shortcut, she would take it. If there was a back alley, it was fair game. If there was... If there was a, a, any kind of a road or path, unpaved, paved, it didn't matter, it was going to get her by the shortest route, it was going to take her straight there. My nephew's GPS, probably because he was driving the van, a bigger vehicle, my nephew had his GPS set to the best road. So it would, it, it never sidetracked him on a shortcut. He never found himself isolated in a back alley. He was never on an unpaved road or something that was broken up or under construction. It took him on the best road that could take him straight there. My GPS, maybe this says something about me, my GPS was set to the shortest time the fastest route, right? So sometimes we were on the freeway. Sometimes we were on the shortcut. 
But wherever we were, the GPS would calculate how fast we could drive and how many options were available and where the construction was, and it would keep giving me instructions in a way so that by what the GPS thought was the fastest route, it could take me straight there. We all had our GPS set to take us straight there, but it wasn't the same path. What is this straight path that's promised in this, in this verse? Well, here again, uh, it's worthwhile to go into what the original language of the Hebrew says. When this, this, this word that's translated straight, it's the word yeshar, and, and depending on the context, it's also sometimes translated as pleasing. Sometimes it's translated level. Sometimes it's translated smooth, right? We're getting an image here. But do you know the English word that it's most often translated into? The two English words that are most often this word yeshar are the words right or upright. He will make your paths right. He will put you on the upright path. You see, in this in this passage, God's not promising that he'll put us on the softest road or the easiest road or the fastest road or the shortest road. That's not the promise. The promise is not that if we trust him, he will put us on easy street. The promise is that if we trust him, he will put us on the right path. And if you're ever interested, look back into, into Proverbs chapter two, because just a few verses before the verses we're looking at, the, the writer of Proverbs is, is warning the reader not to get caught up with evil people who take a crooked path. See, the crooked path is where evil happens. But no, he'll make your paths straight. Context helps us understand that. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will put you on the right path. If I was going to summarize these two verses, the teaching of these two verses, it might look like this. Trust in the Lord from the very core of your being. Trust him with all that you are. And don't build your life only on what your own human mind can figure out. In everything you do, seek to know God deeply. Give yourself over to him and he will direct you to the right path. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, our hearts are prone so often to crooked paths. Lord, our natural inclination is not to trust you, but to trust 
in ourselves and trust in our own hearts. Lord, would you place within our hearts and within our own psyche, would you, would you place a desire to follow you, to trust you with all that we are? And Lord, when we're tempted to not follow you because we can't figure it out, would you help us to not lean on our own understanding? Lord, help us to submit, to encounter, to acknowledge, to give ourselves over to you. Lord, help us trust you to put us on the right path. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I'm Pastor Doug. I just want to take a minute and to say thank you for downloading or streaming this content today. We at Triumph pray that it will transform your heart and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. I have three quick thoughts that I just want to share with you and it'll, it'll only take a minute. First, we'd love to connect with you. If you'd be willing, visit our website at triumphlbc.org connect and let us know how we can reach out to you. Or you can visit triumphlbc.org events to find an activity that you could jump into. Second, we hope that you see this content as supplementary in your walk with Jesus. Our, our digital content isn't really designed to be a replacement for belonging and engaging with a gospel community, whether that's here at Triumph or another church. And third, we invest a lot into producing this content. And, it's used to bless people like you and others all over our community. If this or really any of our other resources that you find online have been a blessing to you, would you consider giving? It's because of your generosity that we're able to continue creating and serving online. Thanks again and may the Lord bless you.